When we say food wars, you may be thinking of Iron Chef, Cutthroat Kitchen, Chopped. You have 10 minutes and three garbanzo beans, and you have to make a dessert that's perfect for our judges. Yeah, yeah. The food wars that we're talking about actually doesn't have anything to do with these shows. Yeah. It's about how food and eating has gotten weird in our world today. Yeah. And especially when you think about the multi-billion dollar diet industry and the specialty food market, we have all these options now, but we're not doing very good with food. Yeah. And things don't have to be this way. No. I mean, the truth is you can eat good food and not regret it. Food doesn't have to feel like a war. Mm. We're going to talk about how on the show. This is the Thriving Man Podcast with David and Reese Maxwell. These weekly shows are designed to help you remove the confusion from your life and make real progress with your growth. No matter where you are or where you're going, we're here to help you live a life you can be proud of. So welcome to the Thriving Man Podcast. Let's talk about the reality of the food war that we're facing today. Mm -hmm. Truth is, most guys, most humans are eating too much in our world today. Yeah, especially in the Western culture, no doubt. Yeah, I... Uh, I actually have a story about this. I remember when I was a kid, I had a friend and we would always do sleepover parties for his birthday. And it was a fun time. We would eat a bunch of food. We would hang out. And inevitably, we would eat so much food that he threw up and usually had to go home early. Yeah. And then we would all throw up. I remember one time <laughs> we had a time where we were we were all in sleeping bags and one of the kids just sat up at like 2 a.m. No. And just vomited <laughs> all over himself. He was like, Bruh. and I guess, I think we had wings that night and yeah. we, either they weren't fully cooked or yeah. we just had way too many, but it ended with all of us having to go home early. Like I was at 4 a.m. going to my friend's dad and I was like, can I have some Pepto-Bismol? And uh, that was pretty much a yearly Yeah, I was about to say, didn't that happen like often with y'all when you got together? Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. But it's funny because that's just what we did. And for yeah. a lot of guys, that's what we do today. It is. I, I mean, when I was young, I was a big eater. Mm -hmm. I was a big kid. I was always big. And so I kind of got this reputation as a big eater. Yeah. Now, the reputation was deserved. I did. Mm. And uh, you earned it. Yeah, I earned it. But one of the things that was funny because my college roommates still make fun of me for this is I said a phrase one time. They said something, you know, what are you doing, Dave? What are you eating? I said, yeah. I've eaten cereal. And they said, you're always eating cereal. And I was like, I'm a big cereal-eating man. <laughs> and and it just was. I ate a ton of cereal. I loved it. I used to get like giant almost mixing bowls yeah. to make cereal. Because to me, a regular bowl just wasn't enough. Yeah. And, and so I had to have the bigger bowl of cereal, which wasn't good for me. But, you know, I enjoyed it at the yeah. time. But I was kind of a big guy because of it. Well, I think that needs to be our T-shirts for Thriving Man. Like the front door, it says, I'm a big cereal, a big cereal man. eating man. And on the back, it's got a mixing bowl, yeah, just yeah. chock full of cereal. That's going to be in the merch store soon. Yeah, yeah. If you want that, let us know because yeah. I think we would have fun designing that That'd be a fun T-shirt to have, actually. But the truth is you are not alone in that. Yeah. I, I mean, for us and our birthday party, we were all together yeah. uh, eating way too much and throwing up. There is a obesity epidemic in our mm, world today. It is. And as we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, 
Weight is not the only part of health, Mm -hmm. but it is something we need to examine. We do need to examine the way we eat because clearly there's something messed up. Uh, You found a statistic um, about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. I used the statistic uh, for one of the other podcasts where 75% of men 40 and over in our country today in the U.S. are obese, Mm -hmm. which means they have 30% body fat or more. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that you see it, you know, they say, well, it's just the Western diet. I don't know if it's the diet as much as I think a lot of Western cultures, people are doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're doing well. They're not in survival. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not having to, I don't have food. Yeah. But we can tend to overeat. And I think in the West, a lot of people today compensate mm. with a lot of things with their eating. I'm bored, so I eat. I'm lonely, mm. so I eat. You know, I don't know what to do with my life, so I eat. Right. Um, but I think also what we've talked about the last few weeks, the lack of physical movement, the lack of exercise, we've mm-hmm. become very – where we just sit all the time. Yeah. I think all that adds up to the problem. And it's not just the statistic has to do with older people, but you look at kids. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's obesity level has been increasing. Yeah. And, and it's kind of a negative. And we see this where people are even trying to – accept it. I was going to say that it seems like now there's kind of a movement of like, I'm beautiful no matter how big I am. And and that's, I mean, you're seeing that at stores, you're seeing Mm -hmm. that on commercials, a lot of plus sized people. It's getting to the point where it's like, well, if we can't change it, we might as well accept it. Yeah. And I mean, there is truth to it in that everybody is a beautiful person. Everybody is an individual and they should be treated with respect and dignity. That is very true. But it's not healthy to be overweight. Right. And accepting it doesn't make it better. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's funny to me is the plus size model thing, they're doing with the females, but you don't see that with the males. That's a good point. You don't you don't see a lot of plus size males up on the thing. Yeah, like in Target, and, you're yeah, not in Target, see. you're not seeing a plus size male. Yeah. You're, uh, that's you a know, good point. A lot of times, in fact, the males look like they need a sandwich. Um, True. And I'm not saying it's right for the women to be that way too, Mm -hmm. to look anorexic. Um, In fact, I was watching a show recently. It's a Mm K-drama. And there was one character and her shirt has a cutoff so you could see her stomach. I mean, she looked almost emaciated. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this girl needs a couple sandwiches. Yeah. get Get this lady some food. Yeah. She needs some food. But our country food... That's not the problem. No, it's not a it's not a big problem here in the U.S. No, maybe no. in like California, where like image is like very big. Like yeah. some, yeah, I've seen, I've known some girls that have almost starved themselves. Yeah, uh, and that used to be more normal back in the day. Uh, yeah, it did. But we're, we'd like to get to a place of balance to where we're I not starving. So. Yeah, but we're also not thirty percent body fat. Yeah, and and the reality of food is it's one of the biggest influences on our health. It really is. I mean, how you eat, what you eat, really influences a lot of your overall healthiness. Mm-hmm. It's part of, you know, the exercise and doing those things. Right. But food, you can't get away from it. Yeah. I w- There's a guy that we follow, Athlean X. He's got all kinds of workout videos. But one of the things he always says is you can't outwork bad nutrition. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Like if you look at the amount of calories you can get in like 10 minutes of eating. Oh, yeah. And the amount of time it takes to burn those calories. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Like, yeah, I saw a video the other day, a guy, 
ate a crumble cookie. Yeah. And I think it was like 800 and something calories yeah. for one cookie. And he said, let me see how long it takes for me to burn 800 calories. And he ran over six miles mm-hmm. just to burn what he ate in one cookie. And so it to me, it was a great illustration of you can't, no matter how much you work out, you're not going to outwork your bad diet. Yeah. And, and something to keep in mind as we continue this conversation, mm-hmm. that for most of human history was a great thing because it's almost like if your car or like if your body's kind of like a car, Mm -hmm. it gets fantastic gas mileage. You're getting like 80 miles a gallon, which is great because back in older times when there was famines that Mm -hmm. were more often an issue, you didn't know when your next meal was going to come from. You needed your body to stretch every calorie you could obtain. Yeah. But now, for the first time in history in the past probably about 100 years, yeah. most people in our nation have access to yeah, plenty of food, as much food as you want. Yeah. And so now we're kind of having to purposefully stop eating, yeah. which, which wasn't as much of a thing for most of history. Well, and a lot of people have this attitude of, like we talked about, I'm going to control my eating, not by controlling my eating, mm-hmm. but by exercising, by my activity – because that gives me permission to eat all I want. I've done that, mm-hmm. you know, where oh, I'm working out a lot. I can eat all I want. But that just is not good for you because then if you stop working out as much, you're going to keep eating the same amount. Yeah, it's like that guy who's bulking. Yeah. You yeah. know, the guy who's like, oh, I'm, I'm bulking, so I got to eat 47 chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Because I'm bulking. I'm, I'm trying bulking to get a calorie right of surplus. Yeah. Well, Look at what you're actually uh, yeah. getting your calories surplused with. Maybe you should change that. Well, and, and I remember Katie, your sister, telling a story about um, in school she had a roommate who one day she just got on the floor and started doing a plank. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what are you doing? And she goes, well, I didn't eat good today, so I need to do some planks. Mm. And the funny thing about planks, they don't really burn that many calories. No. You're not going to burn your food. Mm-hmm. She was thinking her stomach. Mm-hmm. She was thinking that'll help me stop fat from forming, and it just won't. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and part of it, like we talked about in our intro, part of it is this culture we live in, like the health world mm-hmm. gets really weird. Yeah. Like people yeah. are like, you know, oh, you're only supposed to eat green food, yeah, and that's the way you have to do it, yeah. you know? And it's yeah. like, no, that's actually not how it works. Or mm-hmm. like, well, just do this one quick tip. And then you, everything, the fat's, the fat's just going to melt away. Yeah. You know, if after every workout you go running for an yeah. hour, yeah. then you're going to lose all the weight. No, you, yeah. you can be a normal human. And that's what we're trying to bring to this. Yeah. We we're are. trying to bring like having boundaries mm-hmm. with normalcy. Yeah. You can be a real human. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be, you know, the fitness model. No, and I think we need to have a realistic expectation of, of what it is and how it's going to work. But also we need to have an expectation of what am I going to do? What can I do? Um, and, and bring that to food. Mm-hmm. Food doesn't fix everything, but food isn't necessarily always the problem. Mm-hmm. We need to have a healthy balance. And, and I think food is something 
was created for us to enjoy. Yeah. We have taste buds God made us with. So we are to enjoy food, mm-hmm. but we don't have to let the food control us or anything like that. It's just we want to have a good, healthy view of food where today a lot of people look at it as almost a negative. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, food is evil. Food is bad. Mm-hmm. It's just food. Yeah. In, in fact, today we want to give you two quick strategies for winning the quote-unquote food war. Yeah. And that's the first one is quit blaming the food itself. Yeah. A lot of times you're right. We we're like, oh, it's this food. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. The the thing that's interesting is like too much of anything is bad. Exactly. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but you know, if you eat 476 beans, beans are good for you. Yeah. But if you just eat 500 of them, yeah. you're going to get messed up. Yeah. So too much of anything's not good. So it's not yeah. necessarily, oh, this food I can have unlimited of and this food I can never touch. Yeah. It's, there's a whole moderation thing that plays into it. Well, and what people do when they blame the food, one, they're taking responsibility off themselves. Right. It's not me. It's bread. You know, like right <laughs> now in our society yeah. – you know, bread is this super negative thing. Carbs are evil. Carbs are evil. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's one of those things we have to understand the carbs are energy. We need carbs. Mm-hmm. We need the energy for food. It's it's what it's for. Mm-hmm. We can overdo it mm-hmm. just like we can overdo anything else. But it's not the bread's fault. The bread doesn't jump out of the cabinet and run to your mouth. Actually, carbs are good for you. Yeah. Like you are. need to have carbs if you're gonna sustain muscle and energy. Yeah. Yeah, you need it for the energy, you need it for life, and a lot of carbs just taste good. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It's we, a fact. We like them. Pasta, but, yeah. rice, bread, glory yeah. to God. Well, you look in the past, too, like like uh, Ireland had the big uh, potato famine yeah. that devastated the country because so many of them lived off potatoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a huge part of their diet, right. which gave them energy, which gave them a lot of the stuff they needed to live. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is have a healthy view of it and quit blaming the sugar, quit blaming the carb. It's not the carb's fault. Mm-hmm. And we think, well, if I change it, if I do something different, then I can eat all I want. And that's, and that's the I, danger. I think that's the motivation a lot of times behind diet foods. Yeah, it is. Like, you it know, uh, here's a good example. Quest cookies. Yeah. Quest yeah. is a brand that's like, oh, these are protein potato chips. Yep. So each, you know, if you get a serving, you get eight grams of protein. Yeah. So you should eat this. And it tastes like just freeze dried, like like the the little pack of macaroni flavoring that comes uh-huh. with macaroni and cheese. Yeah. It's yeah. like just that sprinkled on cardboard. Yeah. And that's what the chip tastes like. <laughs> but it's like you can have unlimited because they're healthy. Yeah. Or like Halo ice cream. Mm-hmm. I tried Halo ice cream one time. I was like, yes, I love ice cream. Yeah. I'm going to be able to have ice cream more often yeah. because it's healthy now. Yeah. And it's like maybe 30% less calories and fat. Yeah. yeah. And it just doesn't taste good. Yeah. And I was like, it's interesting. We have this whole industry that designs like diet ice creams, diet sodas. And we kind of use it as an excuse yeah. of like, well, as long as the food's not bad, quote yeah. unquote, yeah. I can do whatever I want. Yep, I can have an unlimited supply of my Diet Coke, my Coke Mm -hmm. Zero, or my my Diet Ice Cream, things like that. Mm -hmm. And and we almost use the diet label, the low-fat label, the high-protein label to actually overindulge and to consume large quantities of it. And that's not good. It's a bad habit to get into. 
Um, and it really, a lot of times, negates the diet food you're doing. Yeah. And, yeah. and what we have to do is understand that food is not evil. Mm-hmm. And, and when we have diet food and all that, and I'm not saying diet food is bad in and of itself, mm-hmm. but when we're blaming the food, we're, we're saying, okay, it's your fault. It's the unhealthy expectation yeah. that we bring to diet food. It's like, oh, I'm doing this so I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of having self-control, mm-hmm. we expect the food to change. Mm-hmm. We expect the food to do its job. Um, but the but the reality is when you look around the world, there are a lot of cultures that eat food that we would consider bad. Oh, yeah. But they're relatively healthy yep. and they don't suffer with the same obesity issues. That's true. Like I think of first thing that comes to my mind is French food. Mm-hmm. Like French, what are the two top things in French food? Butter yeah. and cheese. Yep. Not just butter, butter. Yep. Like a massive amount. A lot of, of butter. butter. Yeah. Like they just just fill it. Yeah. And they they love it that way. They do. And yet, if you notice and you look at French people, mm-hmm. the obes- the obesity rate's probably like a fraction yeah. of what we are dealing with. Yeah. And they're eating bad foods. They yeah. just know how to stop. Well, and also they 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 use real food. Mm-hmm. So they're not using, you know, oh, this butter is made from, you know, some weird substance. They're using real butter. Mm-hmm. So they're getting the taste. It satisfies them. Mm-hmm. And they can, they, I've got a good meal. I've had good flavor. So they can stop. Yep. Where a lot of times the diet stuff doesn't taste quite as good. Mm-hmm. So you consume more looking to get that same feeling. Yeah. No, it's true. So the first strategy to winning the food war, mm-hmm. food's not evil. Yeah. And stop. Yeah. Stop blaming the food itself and start, I mean, in a way that can be discouraging because it's like, oh no, it's my fault. Yes, but the positive side of that means that you can start eating like a normal human being as long as you don't go overboard. Mm -hmm. Like you can eat good food. You can can. eat chocolate. You can have butter. You can have cheese. You can't have six pounds of cheese. Exactly. But you can have cheese. You, can, you can't have an entire stick of butter in every meal, mm-hmm. but you can have butter. You yeah. Know? And well, so, and, and sometimes you, you'll have Europeans come to America and they talk about the portion sizes at a lot of our restaurants. Yeah. And, and there is a reality to that. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of restaurants serve, and I understand why restaurants do it, because the patrons feel like, this is all you're serving me? Mm-hmm. And so I understand. We have like the budget side. Yeah. Of it. And, and we want to get all we can for our money. Yep. And so we go to the all you can eat buffet. Yeah. Or we expect a bowl that's the size of our head of pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the best thing for us. Yeah. Most restaurants, you could eat half the meal and take half in a to-go box and be yeah. fine. And be fine. Yeah. You'd be good. Very few restaurants. And a lot of times when you go to the expensive restaurant, first time I went to a real French restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was in Tupelo, they served these little servings. Mm-hmm. And in my, I got to eat all I can brain, I'm like, that's not enough. Yep. But that was me who was a much bigger person, a much yep. bigger eater, not thinking about the quality of the food. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, your sister is in, she was in Thailand recently, went to a restaurant that had 13 courses. And that you hear still that blows and you my think, mind. 13, but each course was small. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the majority of them were small. They had some bigger courses like the entree and stuff, but it was a lot of little things. Mm -hmm. But the flavor, she said, was out of this world. Yep. So it has to do with flavor and stuff like that. And when you start thinking that way, I think it helps you go, okay, I can still have it, but why eat the whole thing? Yeah. Why not try to eat less of it and still enjoy it? Yep. Yeah. I, I think we can't blame the food. Yeah. It's not quite as simple mm-hmm. if we don't blame the food, but it makes it to where we can have a more quality life when it yeah. comes to our eating. It's true. We don't have to get lean cuisine for every single meal yeah. for the rest yeah. of our life. <laughs> but the second tool we want to give you guys is to think long term yeah. when it comes to your eating. Think sustainable. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that frustrates me about diets. Yeah. A lot of times when we use the word diet, we are assuming it is a short term thing. Yeah, and most diets are, and no matter what diet you're on, most diets don't last long term. No. You know, if you eat, I've known people who've tried keto. Mm-hmm. I know people who've tried the no sugar, no carb diet. Right. You know, uh, there a lot of them are in, and a lot of times there's fats. I've yeah. been around long enough where low fat was the thing for a time. Yep. And and then counting calories and all that. Well, at least the counting calories is a little more sustainable because mm-hmm. you learn. But when you are cutting out food or eating weird food mm-hmm. or doing some kind of, I drink two shakes a day of this and mm-hmm. only eat one meal at night. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you enjoy that. But for a lot of people, that's not sustainable. The key is do you enjoy it really? Yeah, I mean, that's it. how long can you – The our top question to you really is think, can I do this the rest of my life and be happy? Yeah. For For me – I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you're one of the the lucky few, but for me, keto's never going to be one of those things for me. Yeah, because I like fatty foods. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go crazy, no. but I would rather have fat and bring portion control to it mm-hmm. than to never eat fat. Well, when when someone cuts out carbs from their diet, they're not going to have bread. They're not going to have pasta. They're mm-hmm. not going to have rice, mm-hmm. potatoes. Those, those were a big part of meals. They're going to mm-hmm. miss a high source of energy. And if, and now you say, well, I'm doing it and I love it. It's sustainable. Great. Well, that's great. You found what's sustainable. Yeah. And that's what I think every person has to do. Mm-hmm. You may love a, a vegan type diet mm-hmm. and that may be your favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, then do that. But mm-hmm. is it sustainable? And that's where I think what you said, when we get into diet, it's by nature, short term, Mm -hmm. it's not going to last. And then when we stop, we just put the weight back on. And then we go back to what we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. We get cynical. We think, oh, people just got to accept me the way I am. I can't change, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a there's a built-in assumption that it's a means to an end. Yeah. That yeah. you eating a diet or eating on a diet is just to get to a weight. And then yeah. once you do that, the diet ends and yeah. you're going to go back to the same old habits. You are. The key is building new long-term yeah. habits. And you know, as we move to kind of our challenge portion, mm-hmm. we want you as a listener to begin to reflect. Look at the way you're eating and ask yourself how am I approaching eating? Yeah. Well, how am I thinking about it? Because I think in our society, in the U.S., we have a big problem with gluttony. We do. Gluttony, yeah. and, and I want you to really take a second to resonate with this. Gluttony is not an amount. It's an attitude. Mm-hmm. Gluttony is not an amount of yeah. food. It's an attitude. Because yeah. 
gluttony says, I got to get as much as I can possibly get. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it's worth it. Yeah. I have to just give it. I just got to get all of it. Yeah. And that mentality is a lot of times the deeper issue. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think a lot of times food becomes that that emotional support animal of our life mm. that we need. And I know for me, food was a way to fill a void. Mm. Food was a way to kind of hide pain. Mm. Food was something that I used to kind of cover up a lot of things. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. And I think a lot of people do that today. We even call it comfort food. Yeah. You sure. know? And and a lot of people, oh, I just need a good comfort what's food. What's your comfort meal. food? Yeah, yeah, what's your comfort food? Yep. And there's some reality to that. Like you at Thanksgiving, you eat a big meal or you want certain foods. Yeah. It reminds you of family. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and some people like food, like when you watch a movie, you want to have some popcorn and things like that. Those are not bad. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is learn how to balance them, mm-hmm. but not go to the food for something that you need to get from something or someone else. Right. You don't want to let it expand beyond yeah. the role of what it's supposed to have. Because yeah. here's the interesting thing. When you look at countries like France and Italy, mm-hmm. we see the example that people can be passionate about food. Oh, yeah. And yet not controlled by it. Yeah. So like, you know, you have that Italian dinner, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where everyone's getting together, they're eating, yeah. they've been working on the meal all day, grandma's yeah. been cooking yeah. and you're eating and having a great time and nobody at the meal's fat, but they love the food. They enjoy the food. Yeah. They appreciate the food. Yeah. So we just don't want to let food become our comfort our entertainment, mm-hmm. like we can't let it become everything to us. Cause yeah. I think sometimes that kind of fuels that gluttonous mentality yeah. is I got to get more. Cause the more I eat, the better I feel. Yep. Yep. I think so. And I think when we look at those countries that make food more of an experience, they do mm-hmm. with people, you know, like when we went to uh, Italy, we mm-hmm. were talking about this the other day, you said you had that one family. Talk about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were in Florence at a place called Cipolo de Osteria. Okay. And it was the best food I've ever eaten in my life. It was good. But there was a family there. And it was probably eight to ten people. Like mm-hmm. you could tell they were a big family. Multiple generations right there. They were there when we got there. Mm-hmm. They were hanging out. They were eating. They were getting courses and talking and dialoguing. And they were there when we left. Yeah, they were still going strong. It was like a two and a half hour thing for them at least because we were there probably an hour and a half. Yeah. And we got there. They were already there. We left. They were already there. So for them, the food was part of a bigger experience. It was. It was part of connecting with family. It was part of the entertainment of the evening. Mm -hmm. It was part of the laughter, the talking. And and a lot of times we don't see food that way. Like in our culture, we have a very like – it's interesting. We'll sit there eating our TV dinner and watch TV yeah. while we're eating. We're not even thinking yeah. about what we're tasting, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're just doing it to do it. Yeah. And we have to kind of look beyond that because food is part of an overall experience in life, but it's not the most important. It's not the the only part of life. Yeah, and I think that's where like when we get into the holidays, yeah. the reason people are so nostalgic about the holidays and they think of the food of the holidays is not so much about the food. Yeah. Um, because, you know, sometimes you go to places and maybe the turkey is mm-hmm. not that great. Yeah. Or the potatoes aren't yeah. that great. 
but it's the experience of everybody together. And I think that's what we can learn is that whenever you look at a holiday, it's it's the overall experience. It is. And so if we bring that kind of mentality to the rest of our life, to where it's part of a connection time, it can really bring significance to it. I think it can. I know for us, like uh, we, our dinner table was the time to connect. Like we would eat mm-hmm. together. We would talk about our days. Yep. We would, uh, it became a safe space. It did. And we didn't eat crazy amounts of food. Uh, in fact, mom controlled all of our portions. She did. <laughs> which, praise God for that. Well, because every meal was actually two meals. Yeah. Because of our budget, she wanted mm-hmm. one meal to go for the other meal. And and so it was very much, this is what we're eating and that was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so our challenge to you is to start asking yourself, what is my approach to food? Mm-hmm. Am I approaching it with, I have to get more because more is better? Yeah. Or are you having a more holistic approach to it? Yeah. And wherever you see the disparity for what from what you have in your perspective and what should be, take a step towards that this week. Yeah. Maybe it's adding some connection time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's having better food, but doing it with less portions. Yeah. The fact is we want you to remember food is a part of a good life. It is. You don't have to hate food or look down on food. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have this weird relationship with diets. Yeah, yeah. You just got to find something that's long-term and helps you sustain that. And that's what we're about here on the podcast. I mean, ultimately at Thriving Man, our goal is for you to live a life that you can be proud of. We want you to experience physical health, but also mental, emotional, spiritual. We, we're trying to fit this into the big picture mm-hmm. of an excellent life. All right. So that that's the perspective we want you to bring to your physical health, but also all the other areas. If this helped you, we would encourage you rate the podcast yeah. uh, or like and subscribe if you're on YouTube, because we do have a YouTube channel. Um, keep in mind that if you want to learn more about those four areas, we do have our four fundamental PDF on our website. It's absolutely free. Just put in your email and we'll send it to you because we want you to thrive in every way. Uh, share this with somebody that it helps. We're trying to reach as many guys as we can right now. Uh, The goal is for men to go from survival mode to living a thriving, excellent life. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thriving Man Podcast. If you want to check out more resources from David and Reese, you can go to thrivingman.com. We'll see you in the next episode.